Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS youth ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about the important practice of congregations helping young people understand their baptismal faith. We have seven practices of youth ministry from scripture and research and practical youth ministry and about how we talk about what that looks like in our LCMS congregations. Helping young people understand their baptismal faith is the first of three practices focused on how young people should learn and what they should learn and to see how they grow during their time in healthy youth ministry. That practice of teaching the faith and education is incredibly rooted in the LCMS. We emphasize that so much. And uh, we love our Lutheran schools. Uh, We have this incredible opportunity in our confirmation process to teach really rich theology and understanding of the faith um, and to produce some really key outcomes. Uh, And we teach the the nations through that great commission. Uh, So this idea of wanting uh, young people, what we teach to help young people to have a deep understanding of their baptismal identity becomes a really key part. And one that I think oftentimes we do fairly well in our healthy youth ministry. Absolutely. We're in this fast changing world, information age, um, and it's this teaching of God's word that brings us back again to what we receive in our baptism. Uh, God's promises and how we grow out of that um, is not a one-time experience. It's one that continues to happen through God's church, uh, through relationship, uh, through his word as we continue to mature. And that baptismal faith is one that we're able to always point young people back to, that that's what they've been baptized into. That's what Christ has claimed them in. um, And this is how we grow as his people. Absolutely. You think about how much information young people get uh, every day, uh, whether it's in school or whether that's uh, on the social uh, internet or whether that's just uh, asking Siri questions <laughs> all over their house. They have this huge amount of access to information. Uh, but what often uh, they are uh, struggling with is that sort of deep rootedness and understanding in uh, the, that baptismal faith that they have and, and the one that God gave them in that baptism. And what does that mean? And practically, um, how does that look? Uh, I think, about, uh, Mark, do you have any information about when you were baptized? I do. Uh, February 1st, 1976 at Grace Lutheran Church in Hamilton, Montana. The when I when I least in the church you grew up in. Well, the the church I grew in, but not the church building. Oh, so yeah. So we moved when I was still very young, probably like in '78, maybe two years later. But so I would drive by the church that I was baptized in, or walk by it, or ride by it. It was in my neighborhood, but uh, it was a first Christian church by the time I was in high school. But yeah, so that was uh, I was basically nine days old when brought to the waters of baptism. So infant baptism for me, uh, soon after my birth. How about you? Uh, August 8th of at 1982. I like how we just like essentially gave away our ages. That's right. Right. I, I thought sneaky, about not doing the year. Sneaky I'll be question. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I should ask if it actually made me think, uh, you know what? I actually don't know what congregation my parents worshiped in when we were in Southern California mm-hmm. um, because we moved away when I was uh, four. Uh, but, but in, a, in the congregation there uh, had uh, my parents, 
chose um, Bruce and Anna, who were mentors to them, both professionally and in uh, good supportive adults for them at key moments. Um, and so Bruce and Anna, uh, my godparents, are not necessarily members of my family, um, but were incredibly, incredibly connected to me, still are um, to me and, and encouraging to me. Uh, so I just have this, I love that. I think I think about my baptism. I think about this great relationship that I have with my uh, my sponsors. Can you think of it? time when you know we think about again how we're enriched by um, the promises that we know in Christ through our baptism can you think of a time when in particular knowing that you're a forgiven sinner uh, that God had given you the promise of eternal life through Jesus death and resurrection was particularly meaningful to you <laughs> well I mean I think some of those stories come up uh, uh, at times uh, in childhood where you really screwed up mm-hmm. and your parents got to be that great example. Um, I'm sure my parents, if they're listening right now, are thinking of many times mm-hmm. where <laughs> to be uh, reminded that I was uh, a forgiven sinner. Uh, but certainly I think uh, that that piece for us about that promise of eternal life uh, became uh, real to me as a youth when uh, in the summer after my senior year of high school, um, I lost a high school friend of mine very very suddenly um a person uh, uh, who uh, i had known throughout my high school years uh and really for the first time had kind of a peer who passed away um and how that deeply impacted my faith and how i had to learn about that um that promise of the resurrection uh in a whole new way how about you mark yeah it's gonna say jokingly it's gonna say like Every day, <laughs> and it never and it never gets old. Um, but but one time in particular, I was thinking for me it was probably um, so I you know grew up in a Christian household, went to a Christian uh, university, and then the first time I really moved away from all of that, um, and naturally kind of came with some ties certainly to the church, but yet being able to say like wow this is the same gospel that I've heard all my life, and Christians still being brought together in baptism um, in worship of Jesus. Um, and be able to see that connection was just a really awesome thing for me to see what I was rooted in through my baptism. Yeah, so when we're thinking about what it means to have uh, young people who deeply understand their baptismal faith, uh, the first key thing that we're going to think about there is that uh, youth live as uh, forgiven sinners with that promise of eternal life through Jesus' death and resurrection. And you heard us talk about that here, how important it was for us, uh, but important for us to help our young people really uh, grasp, and not just in a very kind of shallow uh, kind of way or a, a Sunday school trite Sunday school answer mm-hmm. kind of way, but in a, a deep and meaningful way uh, that they're reminded through preaching, through teaching, through being in God's word, that they are really deeply loved, uh, that their sins are forgiven and that they are freed to serve God and other people uh, and for the remainder of their life for as long as that will be. Yeah, absolutely. And and that promise of eternal life uh, just is, isn't insignificant. I think um, we see how that... Uh, plays out in a lot of lives of young people. Uh, There's pivotal faith (laughs) moments uh, maybe that occurred around death of, like you said, you know, of peers, of family and friends. Um, And that confidence in eternal life can be a key piece to young people in mourning um, as people with hope. Um, And that really can help them understand. Like I can, I can think of a story of uh, a friend uh, or someone who I knew that uh, they were kind of friends with someone who was a non-believer and was actually a Christian funeral that brought them to faith. The Holy Spirit mm. worked through that because like, finally I get it, what you're talking about. Like I can go to a funeral and hear 
the gospel preached and hope proclaimed and to see how Christians mourn. It was pretty interesting for that person. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We so, uh, I think, want to uh, keep our young people from having to deal with some of those things. They have a lot of tough issues uh, that young people are dealing with Mm -hmm. today. Uh, Mental health issues, struggles in school, uh, maybe just a a desire to be perfect and have that high level of achievement. We see a lot of those markers in Gen Z right now. Uh, And truly for them to have this place uh, in in their minds and in their hearts and, and in their church that says that identity is is so grounded in uh, being a forgiven sinner and knowing that I have the confidence of eternal life and that that tr- knowledge and that understanding trumps mm-hmm. kind of all of this other stuff that's going on. Well, and I think too, it's so easy. I mean, I do it now. And I think when I was a young person, it was Sometimes hard, you kind of get that feeling that I'm in, uh, invincible, mm. you know, yeah. nothing can touch me. And it's really hard sometimes to think maybe beyond tomorrow. Um, and yet we have that tension as Christians and living in the now, but not yet. Um, so it's we live now, but we want to be in heaven. Um, yet at the same time, we have that promise and yet we're living in the now. So how do we in our vocations live out our faith uh, so that others know about Jesus and so that we serve them and that we live faithful, faithfully to Jesus in our callings? Um, and so it's helping them wrestle through that too about the now and not yet. This is what we do now, um, but yet we're not yet to the place where Christ has promised us to either at his return or when we are called to heaven and see him face to face. I think one of the things that as we were putting together these healthy practices of youth ministry, uh, particularly when we're talking about deeply understanding our baptismal faith, but this first this first point of the main forgiven sinners uh, through Jesus's death and resurrection seemed like a gimme. (laughs) Makes sense. Mm -hmm. It seemed like, um, oh, yeah, they they threw that in there because they kind of had to throw that in there Mm -hmm. because we have to say it somewhere. Uh, But the reality is that there is a lot to unpack here. Uh, There's a lot of important things to unpack here uh, and that God acted in these young people's baptisms and continues to act in and through them. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But that gift of faith that they received in their baptism is not just, okay, no, and now we just say it every once in a while or throw it into mm-hmm. them as a reminder. But there's a lot to unpack here that young people need to really live with and struggle with and think about as a part of our youth ministry. Sure. So we talk about often about, you know, we remember our baptism daily and that's such a key part of that. And what a practice in your church, in your confirmation process, in your high school ministry for parents, for everyone to truly remember that, that that is, again, that's something that uh, sustains us every day, that reminds us of whose we are um, and then who we are, too, as we go out and serve and can make that connections on a regular, uh, steady basis for young people. So the second point here is that youth recognize the work of the Holy Spirit who brought them to faith, gathered them into God's family, and works through them. Uh, and again, helping young people, this again could seem like a really simple concept. Like, yes, this is Lutheran Theology 101, but there is still a lot to unpack here in terms of helping young people to continue to understand uh, God's work in and through them and our relationship with him through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think one of the things I took away from my days at the seminary was, I mean, it sounds like a simple grammar lesson, but it's really to think about, you know, breaking down a sentence about who's the subject and that we we point to that to being God. 
what are the verbs? And we think of the God verbs, if you will, redeems, mm. sanctifies, mm. saves, all those amazing words of scripture. And then we think of really the object of those verb, us, that God is the one who is working through the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, and we are blessed with knowing his grace and love and the gift of eternal life give, uh, given for us in Jesus. And for Gen Z, who is such a high achievement uh, driven, uh, you know, three quarters of them want to run their own business. They are just uh, after financial achievement, educational achievement, uh, markers for them uh, that they have made something of themselves to, again, remind them and continue to point them back to this idea that their identity is not in the stuff they do. It's not in what they accomplish. It's not in any of their good works that they do, uh, that their identity, their belonging, their purpose lies in that God has acted on their behalf, right? right. <laughs> that their identity and purpose and belonging are the gifts that God has given them that can't be taken away. That no F on a test or uh, failure on a basketball court or uh, when you don't make the volleyball team or you don't make the school play, uh, that is not uh, what defines who you are as a young person. And those are some really key questions a lot of them are asking. Absolutely. Uh, along those lines, what are some of the ways that you have seen youth identify uh, and also belong, feel that belonging, I guess, make that connection in a congregation? Right. So when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, we're talking there about how they've been gathered into God's family. Uh, and I've seen some really neat ways that young people have been kind of incorporated into the greater part of the church. Um, we think about uh, in Florida, twice a year, we would have these great big meals and we would offer them to the community. Uh, and young people were a key part of every aspect of making sure those meals went well. Um, or, uh, you know, a, another any place where we got to kind of incorporate young people into sort of those uh, more practical, mm -hmm. it seems like, uh, places in the church. So putting up Christmas decorations mm -hmm. uh, became an intergenerational piece for our church in Chicago uh, that we brought together um, older adults who had had this history who could tell us all about um, who made the Christmas and where did they come from and um, what do they mean, all the way to uh, young people to high schoolers who could get up on the ladder and get the really <laughs> tall tree up mm -hmm. without any mm -hmm. uh, danger, but also uh, for um, older men to be able to mentor and talk to them about what it has meant for them to to be a part of the church body. So uh, I don't know, do you have ideas on how that looks for you? Well, yeah, I, I think you touched on one of them. I, you know, these high school students are coming off and coming out of confirmation process mm. usually. So it's kind of that finding that link between now I'm an adult in the church, um, yet still have very much these responsibilities around being students and things that high school students do. And so finding that kind of pass off, if you will, from maybe confirmation to high school ministry. And so those times of service can be really those key links for intergenerational connections for them to start to build those res uh, relationships, start to be pointed towards um, adulthood in the church, but yet also a very key time where they are bringing amazing gifts and insight. Like they are, they are leaders in your church. Uh, it's not leaders of tomorrow, leaders of today, and to uh, invest in them and then also to let them grow and to be able to uh, speak into the things that are taking place in the church in terms of uh, where there's maybe areas to reach out, uh, concerns that they have, concerns that the community has, and how the church can engage the world around them and just be able to hear the insights that these young people have for their desire to reach out into the world and also grow in their faith. So really to connect with them as leaders in that way, get their insight, allow them to begin to see how they connect in with the body of Christ in maybe a new way, moving out of that confirmation realm into uh, high school and adult ministry. So we uh, hope that youth are reflecting these practices that they are seeing at home or seeing from the significant adults in their congregation. 
uh, these practices, uh, including worship, uh, studying God's word, fellowship events, prayer, all of these uh, should be things that we hope that they see are mimicked in other places in their life. So in their home or from other uh, important adults, but also are things that we uh, as a youth ministry should be helping young people to foster a love and uh, consistency in. Yeah, and one of those things certainly too that we focus on is, is that importance of worship. Um, we talk about our worship service being the divine service where God is the one who comes and serves, serves us through the preaching of his word, the sacrament of baptism and holy communion. And the worshiping community together receives God grace and absolution. And together that community confesses the one true faith and sings God's praises. Again, for young people to see that community that comes together faithfully because of God, what God has done for us and a reflection of, of his love. And it should happen more than just on Sunday mornings, right? How are we helping young people to think about these practices uh, as a part of their everyday life? How are we seeing that they are uh, engaging in deepening and understanding these personal faith practices, uh, not just on Sunday morning, but throughout their week? Last one here is that youth are provided with a deliberate age-specific opportunities to move towards key outcomes for young Lutheran Christians. That is a mouthful. What are we saying there, Mark? Right. Absolutely. So when we sat down uh, with them, the things that we did in LCMS Youth Ministry, we wanted to come up with kind of uh, some key language pieces, um, try to bring some consistency with our language and maybe teaching points that we wanted to really focus on. We started doing this with uh, youth gatherings, kind of what we've called talking points. And so taking the theme, breaking it down by sub themes, then also kind of, again, those things, those uh, theological statements or scripture, parts of scripture that we really wanted to focus on within programmatic elements or in the resources that we provide. So we took that kind of to a new level to uh, be like, when we talk about healthy youth ministry, what are those things maybe in a teaching standpoint that are end goals for that to take place? Very much, uh, we think about what you have in your confirmation out of the catechism, taking that kind of language and maybe saying, look, what does it look a little bit different for high school students with maybe some of the topics that they're going to be wrestling with, maybe in expanding it a little bit as they're now preparing for this time when they'll be leaving high school into either career or military or college. And so be able to, again, have the word of God on their minds, on their lips and in their hearts as they make that major transition. And so we wrote it that congregations could use it as a guide if they want, but at least it's going to be something for us in our office about uh, statements that we hope young people will walk away with as they graduate from high school, taking the next step. But certainly, again, they are things that walk with them every day of their life, a truth that is found in God's word. And again, the grace that we know in our baptism. And healthy youth ministry is something that is working towards a particular end goal, right? They're working towards uh, what they want a young person to know, to understand, to live out, to look like uh, when they finish high school and as they head on to what's next. Uh, so youth ministry, healthy youth ministry in particular, should have some places that it wants to go uh, during this key time of adolescence. And so the a lot of the end goals are designed, um, they're not the end all be all time. All of, right. all of theology and scripture, uh, but we're a marker for us to say, hey, these are the key pieces that we think young people should be walking away with when they're a part of a healthy youth ministry. And some of those don't change by age either. They're ones that uh, there's a lot of refreshing and reminding of God's truth, as we know as lifelong learners, that there are those basic tenets of the Christian faith that we come back to, hold till dearly, remind each other of, study a lot um, as we hear that from God's word and what Christ focuses on uh, in his ministry of life and certainly what we see in his uh, uh, work that he's done for us. 
and these topics are not exclusive to youth ministry. Uh, those end goals are really could be used educationally in a lot of different ways. Um, I know there are things that I still want to learn and understand yeah. when I look through our end goals. Uh, but certainly for us, it's uh, it's a way for us to give a, another layer of contextual understanding to what that what youth ministry should be doing and working towards. Uh, and so we're going to do a whole separate podcast just on those uh, those end goals so that we can talk more in depth about how we understand and practically could see uh, the use of those end goals uh, as a part of your, your youth ministry. Absolutely. So just kind of for some closing uh, challenges and questions is that uh, as you're thinking about Christian education in your congregation, do you have a comprehensive way in which you are teaching the faith to children and young people? Uh, do you have a plan in place, again, for maybe those handoffs between key age segments? And then also that there's a focus on the teaching. Are you getting feedback from middle and high school students about how teaching can be directed or to help them apply their faith to their daily context? Um, and really kind of like, that might be one way you might assess the effectiveness of your congregation's teaching. And how are you uh, engaging parents in this conversation as well as they are the primary teachers uh, of faith? How are you not only doing this uh, within the context of your youth ministry, but how are you engaging parents in some of these conversations? And uh, how is that valued as you lift that up to the congregation as they help uh, teach alongside you or teach probably primarily? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And how can you support them? Uh, So this is great. You should be listening to the next episode where we talk about uh, more of these end goals and what that's going to look like and how you can uh, potentially use that as a guidepost for your youth ministry. End Goals Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.